Welcome back to the 2024 Swine Web Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Today we have Kent and Barry Holden. Welcome to the 2024 Swine Web Hall of Fame, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So you guys built a legacy together at Holden Farms. Um, let's take a trip down memory lane, Kent and Barry. Can you share the roots of Holden Farms and how your vision was conceived? What inspired you to start the journey? And how did you methodically build Holden to its current status? Yeah, well, uh, there are four of us brothers. Uh, and we basically grew up on uh, raising turkeys. That was our background for, for as, as we were going through school and college years. And um, our father was, I guess, would be the third generation on the family farm. And then we're obviously the fourth. And we have... Our next uh, Barry sons, and I have one son in the business, considered the fifth generation. And I don't know, we just uh, we raised turkeys. We meddled in a little bit, a little cattle, uh, beef cattle, and, uh, and a few other endeavors. But turkeys was our mainstay, not not really crop farming at all. And then uh, their four of us brothers, we all spent time on the farm all through our college years. And then after that, uh, Eventually, all four of us brothers came back to the farm in the 70s, and uh, I guess by 1979, our youngest brother joined, and then we worked together for uh, those years from early 70s up until about 1990, and we're, we all had different paths. We all wanted to kind of do different things. Barry and I were more on the same path as far as continuing raising turkeys and, and pigs. We'd grown quite a bit in the pig business by that point, and uh, so then 91 was kind of hallmark year as far as when we split up the business and the youngest brother and the oldest brother went their own direction and Barry and I stayed together and decided we wanted to, the turkey business had gone through a lot of turmoil, a lot, a lot of volatility price-wise and, and it was really tough. In the early 80s, it was a very difficult, uh, about three years was really, really a challenging time and then in like Barry can remember better than I can, but about 84, 85, we decided we want, we had about a uh, thousand sows at that time and turkeys again were still our primary business. And we decided we wanted to, you know, try to balance out between turkey and hog production. So we started expanding that. And then uh, the Forrest brothers, like I said earlier, were kind of going different directions. And uh, in, in 1991, we decided to, very nice decided that we keep the hog production and about half the turkey production and the other two brothers kept uh, turkey production and feed milling and uh, some other some other uh, operations that they were working on as well so from a family farm perspective kind of when you reflect on the evolution what have you learned about the importance of the family farm in contacts with Holden Farms, now that there's a lot of consolidation and expansion, reflect on the family farm part of it. Barry, you want to take that? No, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, it, going back to 1991 when we when we split up the business, which was which was a challenging time for our family and uh, getting through that, but uh, we did manage to get through it. And, and Barry and I knew at that point that we wanted to expand our hog business even more than it had been. And we, so we, we took that track and there are a lot of opportunities, at least here in Southern Minnesota and Northern Iowa, that a lot of farmers were hog farmers that had buildings were struggling and a lot of them 
we're more than happy to work with contract uh, contract systems. So we started building our business based on contract. We owned most of our solids at that point, but also started getting into contract sow production. And then uh, pretty much uh, used all of uh, our nursery and finishing was, 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 was done by contract growers. And uh, so that we, we, and then the same thing happened with feed mills. We didn't own a feed mill. So we had a contract with different mills in Southern Minnesota, Northern, Northeastern Iowa primarily. And uh, there are a lot of excess milling uh, opportunities. So we uh, were able to capture those and build our business and never really had a, you know, four plan, four year or five year plan or whatever. We just, you know, opportunities we would, would, uh, show themselves to us and we decide if we wanted to do this or do that. And more often than not, we say, yeah, we'll keep on doing things as long as we have interest and people that want to work with us. So and I think, and then just to follow up on the family aspect versus a larger business uh, at that time, Barry and I, it was easy to make decisions. Uh, we didn't have a lot of bureaucracy we had to work through. We just uh, would decide if we wanted to, if an opportunity showed itself, we would uh, say, do we want to do this or not? We would have to go through a lot of committees or other board meetings or anything. And then for the most part, we, uh, I think we did, we did pretty well as far as picking out the right ones and trying not to make too many mistakes, which we did. We made, made wrong choices from time to time. And then you have to learn from those and, and build your business based on that, that kind of strategy. Today, it's a lot different. It's a lot different business we have today with, we got, we have 72,000 sows and, and still maintain turkey production and have ownership and not a, and a turkey plant as well as a pork processing plant. So, so I, think I, can I, embellish, I can embellish a little bit on the, on the family aspect. Uh, the early 80s, as Ken alluded to, and I'm sure you were, of, uh, were very difficult for the family farms. A lot of people lost their land and uh, of people were looking for an outlet to um, keep their families intact and keep the family farm going. And uh, so it became ripe for contract production. And that's what we wanted to do too, as well. So we didn't want to own all those facilities and owned all that land. Uh, we weren't even physically capable of doing that. Uh, so we, uh, they jumped on our back and we carried them through and, um, uh, then they became kind of the foundation, but it was all families, uh, family farms that we worked with. Uh, there was no like corporate entity that was building barns or anything like that. It was every individual family uh, farm. And so all the contracts, like I, that was one of my jobs is dealing with those families. And uh, they, most of them were looking to keep their son or daughter in the business and then to maintain their family farm. And it really worked uh, well for what we were planning to do as well. Is there any sibling rivalry? Um, do you guys have a, <laughs> any stories to share about each other? Probably not in public, but we can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to think about what there, uh, what, what I'd have for a story. And I, uh, I think, uh, first of all, we, we kind of, agree, we, first of all, we agreed on our roles, what Barry was going to do and what I was going to do as far as what, we're going to contribute to the business and some things like marketing and building a new farm or whatever. We just try to, we do that together. Then if, as far as the marketing, if uh, 
one of us made a mistake and was more influential than the other, then we could at least share the blame for that. But if we, if it worked out uh, to be the right decision, then of course, then we could say, well, we both made that decision and worked out well for us. But one little story I remember about Barry, we always, at that time we were working with, uh, with just one or two packers. And then we were always trying to f see if we could have more opportunity working with other packers. And I remember one meeting we had, this was probably 25, 30 years ago, uh, with a Packer who I, I can't remember which one it was. And we explained that we wanted a certain contract with paying so this benefits and what we could do as far as delivering so many pigs. And uh, the Packer representative said, well, if we gave you that contract, that would be the highest contract anybody got. And I know Barry responded saying, well, somebody has got to be the highest contract receiver. So that's uh I remember that story, and of course, the Packer didn't know how to respond to that. And uh, but it gave us, I think it showed that we were always trying to find something that would work better for us and and, and hopefully make our business stronger. Anything for you, Barry? Well, um, if you, I, I didn't know the basis of your question, the sibling rivalry between Kent and I, or Prior to that, with the four brothers together, there definitely was. Um, uh, Kent and I were the two middle children, and an older brother and a younger brother, and uh, <clears throat> we had a hard time, um, you know, getting along at that time. And that's the end that we did eventually break off. Um, they went on their own, and and uh, we went on our own. Um, but consequently, we still are raising the turkeys the same place we were, except we're contracting with my brother now rather than him being an ownership. <clears throat> and the reason, uh, you know, the, the rivalry with Kent and I was was actually pretty healthy. Um, we really were different facets of the business. And we the reason that we grew and got better and bigger was because um, we each did our own separate thing, but would collaborate on things that needed to be collaborated on, like price of grain or adding a cell farm or such like that. But Kent was in charge of production, and um, he did that pretty much on his own. And I was in charge of, uh, you know, the contracts with the with the uh, packers, uh, with the uh, uh, growers. Um, and some of the corn, corn and meal too, but Kent would also be involved in those as well. And I did all the kind of the paperwork part of the business, the accounting kind of business that Kent was not as interested in. So we had a really good symmetry and more symmetry than rivalry. And it was, um, that's the reason that we were successful in my opinion. And part of the reason why you guys are inducted into the Hall of Fame is you've risen to a pork powerhouse state, one of the top producers in the country. You guys work hard um, and you guys realize the vision together. So what year did that align? Because I know you started with more turkeys. You wanted to even it out. Now you have more pigs. What was the pivotal year or was there one? Well, it was one of the reasons that we did kind of break up on our farm when the four of us together around 1989 to 1990. Uh, we had gotten out of our financial trouble. We had balanced out our production. And um, uh, the, my oldest brother and my youngest brother, who are not in Holden Farms, uh, had different ideas of what they wanted to do. <laughs> but Kent and I were aligned at that point. We knew that we wanted to grow the, the hog business. We thought there was more opportunity in it. 
um, uh, and more, more, more reasons to grow and ability to grow. Uh, the turkey business is controlled by not very many people, and it's it's it can be pretty tough. And uh, so we want to concentrate on then. So the year would be right in the eighty nine to ninety area. Did you have a roadmap that you guys outlined to achieve the success, or was it kind of you guys knew the vision and you guys just took it day by day and just kept working hard, or did you have a plan? Well, 91, after we made the official breakup and we, Barry and I were on our own, we went to a new, different office in downtown Northfield, Minnesota here. And we, we knew we wanted to do growth, like Barry just mentioned. And just coincidentally, we had these farmers that were, had gone through a tough time and there's opportunity there. Then we there's a fellow down in southern Minnesota that owns some feed mills that really uh, wanted to grow. He had done some collaboration with some other producers on 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 the, in the hog side but he wanted to do something more significant so we got hooked in with him and he helped us really get off to a jump start as far as building some sow farms and also he, uh, furnishing him with more feed business obviously he has uh, i don't know eight ten feed mills in southern minnesota northern iowa that he wanted to uh, use use more feed business through those and uh so it was kind of a, it was a mutual benefit for for the both the parties and uh so that, like I said, that kind of gave us a start as far as some expansion. And it just, there's, a, there's a, as, as you are sure, well know, Jim, the hog industry is going through a lot of transition in the late 70s, 80s, and 90s. People, there's a lot of consolidation. Smaller farmers were looking either to get out or, or work with somebody on an integrated basis. And it just, uh, it all kind of just came together. In my opinion, it was, it was a lot of exciting times. You were more entrepreneurial. We didn't, uh, we just, saw opportunities as they would come to us and uh, took advantage of it. So now we're, we've got operations in Southern Minnesota, Northern Iowa, and even some in Wisconsin. So what about the family growth and culture? So you guys have kept it in the family. Um, what, what's the vision moving forward? Are you going to keep it a family farm? What about the fifth generation of Holdens? Oh yeah, definitely. That's that was a plan. We, Barry and I, have transitioned most of the, essentially all of the ownership to the next generation. And there are three active Holdens. I have a son, and and Barry has two sons in the business today. But there are other siblings on my side, and and Barry's as well that are also in ownership. So we've we've take we think we've taken care of that part of it pretty well, and uh, we have real real faith in uh, the three that are here that are operating the business today and uh they've, they've experienced some tough times market-wise health challenge-wise in the last two or three years and if and, and they've come through that so far real well so we have confidence that they are going to be successful going forward and, and be able to make the business sustainable for years to come what happens 10, 15 20 30 years from now who knows what will happen? Something will be different than it is today for sure. But uh, right now we think we're there in our business is in good hands. And we've also got a lot of the real competent people helping lead and manage the business. Well, we definitely hope that some of my grandchildren and Kent's grandchildren uh, will be involved. I certainly not all of them will be, but hopefully that there will be a few that will be interested so that they can continue it on. All the stock, as Kent said, is held in family hands, uh, even if they don't work there. Uh, we haven't made that a stipulation. 
So um, it can give opportunities, even if they don't want to work there, maybe their children would, or one of their children will. So um, the groundwork is laid. They can choose to do it. It's, it will, the entry will not be hard to get into. And that's what we want to have happen. If they can, if the family can keep um, a good foothold into the business. Is there a cultural foundation that you've built? Oh yeah, we should. I, I certainly believe so. Really, starting from our parents and and, and the values that they that they, that they had and and worked with working with them overall growing up, and I think they're pretty well established values that both Barry and I have uh, continued to hold, and. I believe that our, the next generation also has those similar values about how to uh, treat each other, treat other people in our company, treat our partners that work with us on the outside of the, of the business. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, we feel that that's, uh, that's established. And uh, I think day-to-day -day operations, we see that happening. So I feel like to have success, we all have to go through adversity. Is there a specific challenge or adversity that contributed to your success or additionally share an experience that set you back, but taught you a valuable lesson? Uh, again, well, I know certainly for, go ahead. You want me to go, Kent? Uh, well, I was just going to mention, we've talked about it a couple of times already, but the split with the two brothers, uh, that really was a springboard in my opinion to really, we took off in a different direction as far as the business and what we, we were clear and we wanted to do, like Gary said, we had a similar philosophy. We had similar goals that we wanted to accomplish. And so that part was easy. And we just had a, we still had to go through working with uh, Packers and tough markets and cha disease challenges and so forth. But we knew that we wanted what we wanted to do and we just, we made it happen as, as best as we could. So that was one thing that happened. And, that was probably one of the key parts as far as our holding farmers business. Yes, that's definitely true. If true for me too. I mean, it, uh, <clears throat> the way the, with the way that we had to split up is that, um, you know, we in a lot of ways had to buy them out. And so we ended up with a lot of debt, uh, but it really gave us a, a purpose. It really gave us a purpose to what we needed to do as well as grow, we had to take care of the debt and take care of the paying off the family members. So um, it really uh, kind of set us in motion and with, um, uh, with purpose. So with that, are there three keys to success that you think are essential elements to hold in farms or how you handle that success? Any take-homes that people can take from this? Well, in my opinion, uh, being honest, forthright, trusting not only team members, but everybody we work with and support the support that we uh, want to provide for all or anybody involved in our company, uh, you know, it's just, that's what makes who we are. And, you know, Aside from those kind of values, I think we really focused for many years just on being a real efficient, low-cost producer, and that was a real key to our success. And we we really focused on dedicating ourselves to being as best as we could in that manner. And willingness to accept adversity too, 
because <laughs> in agriculture, you're going to get adversity um, unexpectedly and often, it seems. so. Uh, but we were willing to accept that we had grown up uh, you know, on the farm, working on the farm, and we knew that how things went bad. And um, we have never just said, well, let's just sit in our hands and not do anything. When things go bad, you just have to work harder. You have to dig down and you have to uh, uh, <clears throat> make ends meet. The true entrepreneurial spirit. It's kind of how you handle the challenging times is, is I think. That's the, the most important time. That's the most important. Did you guys have any role models? Well, our father was was really a hard worker and um, just uh, uh, kind of a no-nonsense kind of guy. He, even though he liked to have fun, uh, you knew you were going to work all day. Uh, you weren't going to say, oh, see you later, you know, at one o'clock in the afternoon and go swimming or something like that. But uh, he just really had a really a strong work ethic, <clears throat> both he and my mom did. And... Um, that that was really important for for me at least, uh, and I learned from them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the other thing about my father, especially, then he just had a can can do attitude. He he would never give up if something wasn't going right. He'd figure out a way to to, to make something happen that needed to happen. And he and my mother are a good balance for each other. My mom was always trying to uh, look in the top bright side of things and be positive about things for me also al layman was a, was a key person when i was growing up and starting a hog business and he made it a lot of fun it was really exciting when he we had a close relationship working working together on the farms but he was all the biggest part that he gave to me was he's always challenging us so we could do more and we could do better and uh, that was that was really uh that was instrumental in, in the way i looked at the hog business what about any unheard stories? We, we know a lot about the stories of Holden. Is there anything we don't know about the journey? Um, uh, I don't know. We, I, I just, uh, I think we always want to be low profile. We didn't want, we, we aren't seeking a lot of publicity or want to be uh, out, in the, out in the public and people, where it was, even though it happens when things go wrong, permitting a farm or whatever, it's, it just happens. <laughs> you get your name in the paper pretty quickly. Uh, a lot of people today, I don't think, realize that our foundation was a turkey business. That's how we really got started. And that's that's a relatively smaller part of our company right today. But uh, I don't I don't know if everybody understands that. Uh, we we try to do as much as we can helping the local community. And even outside from the community, we we want to try to be as supportive we can and what we can do to help that that way. Don't you want to tell them about your noon ball, Kent? I don't think everybody knows about that. <laughs> huh? You got to tell about your, all your boats then too. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> yeah, we like, yeah, we'd have fun. There's, there are two colleges in town here that uh, opened up their gyms for basketball over the lunch hour and I and other employees would uh, frequently go down to let off some steam, so to speak. And we had a lot of fun doing that. Sure. And Barry was busy with his boats so yeah. <laughs> all over. Tell him about that. 
Well, I didn't get started later to that, though, but that's really not a Holden Farm story. That's a almost a retirement story there, the boating. But I do enjoy boating. I have a few boats, so I yeah. carry on with that. Well, Kent, Kent said it best, low profile. I know you guys are humble. You work hard. And, and uh, what about the next generation? Do you have any words yes. of advice to the people entering the industry or how you see the changes in the industry? Is there something optimistic, optimistic that we can address? Uh, well, first of all, I think that we have the infrastructure, we have the people in place, uh, and, and so it's, we have a, a solid ongoing operation right now. And now we just need to have the management, the leadership, uh, and the goal setting that is necessary. And I think I think we have that in place pretty well right now with the three young guys that are here. They they know what they want to do. The other thing, when Barry and I were just here alone, it was more like I said earlier, entrepreneurial. We just if we had an opportunity to do something, we'd we'd do a back of the envelope type calculation to see if it was worth doing and, and move on from there. Today it's a lot different. We've got a lot more people involved, a lot more pigs involved. So we got to be more precise and you know, more efficient, more knowledgeable about what we're doing. And and uh, I, th I think we've upgraded significantly from where we were. And it's necessary today to have a better uh, knowledge of what the numbers are and what's going on. And uh, we we worked hard at research. We have research barns and try to make decisions based off of that. But. Uh, the, I guess the other really important thing is that we, hopefully the values that we live by and, and we think are in the next generation will continue on. And that's that when, when tough times get tough, that's what you have to fall back on and make sure that people are working together and we have leadership to get the people, get the team through the whole endeavor and through the challenge. And uh, I believe with that, we, along with focusing on low cost, uh, I think we can, be, be long-lasting in our industry. Do you feel the same way, Barry? Anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I think that just what's in light of what's happened in the last two or three years with the corn price and then the, uh, the disease things and the things that are looming on the horizon, uh, that the, you have to be willing to face adversity and be able to almost embrace it, that this is what's going to, bad things are going to happen. Don't think that, you know, it's just going to be all roses because it's not going to be, there's going to be a lot of thorns and um, these uh, young kids today, <clears throat> I think ours are special. I think they, they know they've seen, they've been around and especially they got a full blast in this last uh, two, three, two and a half years uh, uh, of how bad things can get and how quick they can get, especially with our size now. And uh, um, if they can hang in there with this, they can hang in with the best of them, and that and that's what they're going to have to do. Um, I know a lot of people, young people, are not that way. They just uh, hide in their phone or whatever they do. But um, I think ours are special, and the ones that they. Uh, are willing to face adversity and work through it. So we're going to wrap up reflecting on the honor. How does it feel to be inducted into the Swine Rib Hall of Fame? Well, from my standpoint, seeing that uh, Joe Connor, who I know well, and Bill Crestage, who 
we knew well as well. Uh, I feel real humbled and honored to be included in that in this group. So uh, thanks for inviting us to be part of that. So I feel real again, real honored to be included. Yeah, I, I, I as well, and I, I appreciate that Kent asked me to do to be with him on this honor. Um, uh, I know Kent is the face of Holden Farms. He goes to the meetings. I, I wasn't a meeting kind of person. I was more of a stay at home and do what I was supposed to be doing. But um, I really appreciate that Kent included me on this. Um, and also uh, in the company, um, in 1980, uh, we went to build, uh, visit Bill Prestige. We knew him through the turkey business. And um, it was a real eye-opener to see his and how he worked and how he related with people and, um, you know, his, uh, his visions. And <clears throat> that week that we spent with him, was really was really instrumental in in how we uh, looked at the future that there was a lot of possibilities and so I'm really honored that uh, Bill was honored in the same way. Yeah, I, I, I was going to mention that as well. That trip we took in the early '80s, uh, my older brother and uh, Barry and I went to North Carolina, and Bill was just I can't remember how many sows he had, but we thought it was their big operations. I don't know they had. 2000 South farms or whatever it was. And we thought that was just huge. And, but the way he approached the business and how he worked with other people and how he treated people and, and the energy and enthusiasm he had from, he was in the Turkey business as well for both industries and for the people and the opportunities was, that was also a real key point in my, in my business life. And what we, and coming back from that, I tried to apply a lot of the, those same uh, ideas and strategies to our business including contract farming. I think we were one of the first contract hog growers here in Minnesota, and that was really based on what we learned uh, from from the Prestige, from Bill Prestige. See, more more information, eh? We learn, we keep learning, right, Barry? That's right. Exactly right. Well, Kent and Barry Holden, really appreciate you joining us today and, and uh, welcome to the Swine Hall of Fame. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim.